Welcome to the Hoosier Ag Today Friday morning podcast on the 3rd of February, 2023. I'm Andy Eubank. The latest Indiana farm news, markets, and weather on the way brought to you by First Farmers Bank and Trust, proudly serving local farms, families, and agribusiness for over 135 years. They're online at ffbt.com. Coming up in the news, C.J. Miller and Eric Pfeiffer report stories on the push for more widespread broadband in rural Indiana and differing opinions on how to deal with Mexico and ag trade. Chief Meteorologist Ryan Martin talks temperatures in the Indiana farm forecast. Mixed again in the ag markets yesterday, Arlen Suderman has analysis on today's morning podcast from HAT. The land of the free is also the home of the hardworking. What if this is the year you take your farm operation to the next level? At First Farmers Bank and Trust, we're proud to serve the people who not only work until the sun goes down, but until the job is done. With over 135 years of commitment to agriculture, we'll find the solution that's right for your operation today and tomorrow. Visit ffbt.com to learn more. First Farmers Bank and Trust, member FDIC. The High Ground Podcast. Everything from energy and fuel. It's uh, Memorial Day weekend, going to be 87 to 89, maybe low 90s all weekend. So we thought we'd bring Scott Heine in. So we'll talk about home heat. (laughs) (laughs) To agriculture. Anytime we can help a farmer grow their business and meet their goals, that's a proud moment for me. And, well, other things. For some reason, like and subscribe. We don't know why, but that's important. We want you to do it on your own, but we're going to tell you. (laughs) Listen now on all platforms. Why broadband expansion is becoming more necessary for Indiana's farmers and rural Hoosiers, and Republican lawmakers in D.C. pushing back harder against Mexico's GMO corn ban. I'm C.J. Miller, and this is Hoosier Ag Today. Well, the push for broadband expansion continues across rural Indiana, as many ag agencies and state lawmakers agree that the expansion is necessary but it will take some time to get there. Much like electricity was almost a century ago, broadband is now that key infrastructure piece we have to have in rural communities. And that's Andy Tower, Executive Director of Public Policy with Indiana Farm Bureau. He says the organization has been pushing for broadband expansion as part of its rural infrastructure policies. Tower adds that expansion is becoming more necessary as newer farm machines are using computer software to sync up online to operate more efficiently. Connectivity is so vitally important, not only to the last mile, but really to the last acre, because the other thing that we're hearing from our members, that connectivity gives them the ability to make real-time sustainability conservation decisions on the fly, in the field, as they're working through those. So that's vitally important. That's been a priority for our members for the last several sessions. We'll continue to advocate for additional broadband access into those rural communities. State Senator Gene Lysing says, she understands the need for greater broadband access for rural Hoosiers. It proved out during COVID when our kids had to do a lot of things from home. We just didn't have the broadband capability. And so that's been a very difficult thing. Lysing adds that she knows what it's like personally for those in rural Indiana who don't have broadband access. At my house right now, my only access to the internet is my Verizon cell phone. And some people might say, oh, how can that be? She's on the utilities committee. But the reality is it's a tough thing 
to get the broadband expanded everywhere. It's very expensive. Coming up this June, more funding for broadband expansion will be given out through the Broadband Equity Access and Deployment Program as part of $65 billion approved by Congress in 2021 for broadband expansion across the U.S. Well, there's a difference of opinion on how the Biden administration should be dealing with Mexico right now on ag trade. Eric Pfeiffer reports. We're making the hardest job God created even more difficult. And that's Indiana Republican Mike Braun at a recent Farm Bill trade hearing, obviously talking about farming, but more specifically, Mexico's plans to ban GMO corn imports by 2024. Braun was joined by other GOP ag state senators in calling on USDA and USTR officials to bring USMCA trade action against Mexico. I was Chuck Grassley questioned USDA Undersecretary for Trade Alexis Taylor, recently back from talks in Mexico, why the White House moved aggressively against Canada on dairy, but not so far against Mexico for its planned GMO corn ban. Why has the Biden administration not established such a dispute settlement process under USMCA uh, panel with Mexico on this issue of uh, GMOs. Roger Marshall from Kansas pointed out that the White House has triggered six such actions against Mexican labor practices. Meantime, the administration has refused to trigger the USMCA to contest Mexico's planned exclusion of American corn. Madam Secretary, our farmers feel like that this administration is putting Mexican assembly workers ahead of farmers. Undersecretary Taylor insisted the administration is standing up to Mexico on science-based trade under USMCA. This is a fundamental principle from the United States on what a global trading system is built upon and not something that we can walk away from or negotiate away from. Um, we continue to have those, those conversations with our Mexican counterparts um, and we're reserving all the rights awarded to us under uh, USMCA. But Taylor stressed the administration is still, quote, productively engaging with Mexico and hopes to resolve the dispute without disrupting trade and harming U.S. growers and Mexican livestock producers. I'm Eric Pfeiffer. And I'm C.J. Miller. Who's your ag today? Indiana's most listened to farm radio network. Your operating loan for your farm needs to cover all that could be. That's why Farm Credit Mid-America offers flexible financing options to take care of the day-to-day -day so you can free up capital to maximize opportunities for your farm. Use our online banking or mobile app to conveniently check funds so you always know how much cash you have on hand and can plan for what's ahead. To find an operating loan that works for you, visit e-farmcredit.com. Subject to credit approval, additional terms and conditions may apply. Farm Credit Mid-America is an equal opportunity lender. Trust. It takes time to obtain and just minutes to lose. Hoosier Ag Today is proud that over the past 18 years we have gained and maintained the trust of Indiana farmers and farm families. On any given day, almost half of all the radios in trucks, barns, farm offices, and farmhouse kitchens are tuned to Hoosier Ag Today reports. The number one trusted source for agriculture information in Indiana is Hoosier Ag Today. Timely, relevant, credible. Nearby forecast remains unchanged. I'm Chief Meteorologist Ryan Martin with Hoosier Ag Today's Indiana Farm Forecast. We're finishing out the week here today on a decent note. North winds are in control, a little bit more cloud cover, a little colder maybe in parts of the state. Won't rule out some lake effect snow in far northwest Indiana. I don't think it's a big deal, but we've just seen a little bit of a shift in the winds behind a minor trough that came through overnight last night back into yesterday. So all that being said, we're still 
relatively nice in terms of sky conditions. Partly sunny skies here to finish the week. The weekend also looks good with the mostly clear skies all the way through. Winds shifting more to the west and southwest over the Saturday afternoon Sunday time frame. Temperatures probably not quite as cold, but not super warm either. We definitely see temperature moderation into the first part of next week on Monday. Southwest flow dominates. We have a minor front coming through Tuesday. Scattered light rain showers, but coverage dialed back to about oh, 40% of the state. What we're seeing now is a new wrinkle. Low pressure lagging a bit longer in Texas early next week and then shooting out more west and north, which would track it right across the entire eastern Corn Belt. Rain and thunderstorms out of that system, if it continues on this track, could be looking at some half to one inch rains. And there's concern about precipitation ending as snow on the backside of that as we move into Thursday morning. So this is a new wrinkle, new low. We'll just have to see whether it can hold together, but that's what I'm looking at right now. Colder air coming in behind then to finish next week. So we're chilly for Thursday afternoon, Friday into Saturday. And then we see a sign that the entire western third of the country is looking to moderate for that weekend, 11th and 12th. And that warmer air may try and surge in here sometime in the week of the 13th. Until then, warm air versus cold air battle is going to be playing out north to south over the country through the first part of the week. That's the way your forecast is stacking up. I'm Chief Meteorologist Ryan Martin. A mixed day in ag trade. This is Who's Your Ag Today's Thursday Farm Market Review. I'm Andy Eubanks. Settlements coming up and market analysis too. The review is brought to you by Seed Genetics Direct. Visit them in the North Wing at the National Farm Machinery Show and they'll even give you a price list. Value, knowledge, performance. It's in their genetics. Following Thursday trade, I checked in for marketing thoughts from Arlen Suderman. He's with StoneX. Corn export sales, Arlen, better than expectations on Thursday morning. Soybeans at the low end of expectations. But South American conditions are also in play. And did they actually trump the export sales report? Yeah, there's, there seems to be a lot of money flow now focused on Argentina, Brazil, delayed harvest of soybeans in Brazil. That's extending our export season in the United States. And since we have relatively tight stocks, every additional bushel we export just tightens them up that much more and then gives them a reason for the funds to come in for the time being and, and to buy. Argentine drought is still a concern. We did get some good rains in late January, and, and we still have some opportunities for rains. Um, but the next 10 days don't see a lot of activity with more rains kind of coming in 11 to 15 day if they verify. So concerns about that, we did see a USDA attache slash the Argentine soybean production estimate by 36 million metric tons. That may be true, but I always take those reports a little bit with a grain of salt and I want to get them confirmed with industry people who I have confidence in who know agriculture, know production. And, I, and my sense is that it's a little bit early to be that low. I think it is probably lower than what USDA officially has currently, but probably not that low. But regardless, this all gives excuse for the funds to be chasing the meal market, to be chasing, therefore, the soybean market on fears of tight soy meal supplies in the world. And that's really the leader right now. We did see some gains in corn and wheat on a weaker dollar overnight, but once we opened up trade today, the dollar rallied off of those nine-month lows, and the strength in corn and wheat quickly disappeared. 
you took my follow-up because I've looked around at what seems to be overall a rather odd day looking at the equities, the Dow just a little lower, the NASDAQ just extremely strong. And then you've got the dollar index, which started weak, but then kind of exploded here. So did it actually keep a lid on corn and wheat? Yeah, it did. Um, when we look at the backdrop of these markets that are trading today, it's about the Fed, the Federal Reserve yesterday releasing their statement. And everything about the Fed statement was hawkish, except for in the press conference, uh, Fed Chair Jerome Powell made the comment about we are seeing some early signs of disinflation. And he says it's very early and kept emphasizing, you know, we've got a long way to go in this and, and not wanting to make the mistakes of the 1970s when they started to lower rates too soon and then inflation came roaring back and about the tight labor market. And we saw plenty of data supporting the tight labor market earlier this week. Um, but the market really honed in on disinflation, thought, okay, we're about ready to pivot. Despite the fact he said we got multiple rate hikes yet to go, the market thinks one more rate hike and we're done and then we're going to start lowering rates. And so that weakened the dollar and weakened treasury yields and started a, re a money cycling back into the tech sector. And uh, so that's really leading the way right now. And, um, and, and that has an impact on commodities as well. But overall, this is a market that thinks that we're past the danger of recession right now, at least until the next headline comes along to say otherwise. A shift over to the livestock markets, cattle and hogs, strong today, really strong. Yeah, interesting dynamics in the cattle market in particular where we have tight supplies, good near-term supplies of product because we've seen some heavier weights come in. We've seen some heavier slaughter rates. Um, but the cattle, cattle inventory report that came out earlier this week showing that the decline in the cow herd continuing to occur, can de decline in heifer numbers being held back. And while we've blamed it a lot, a lot of analysts have blamed it a lot on drought, it's more widespread from just those areas affected by the drought the last several years. This goes back to poor cow-calf economics to a great extent, and the drought was just another factor. And so we have money coming into this cattle market now uh, on those longer-term supportive fundamentals. Um, but that also has packers kind of saving up the meat supplies, knowing that supplies are going to get tight. USDA is projecting last half of this year meat production will be down nine percent year on year and so there's some sense that maybe the packers are trying to get that inventory now while they can and store it up in the freezer so to speak and that affects the hog market as well generally we're well supplied and that's illustrated by the weakness in the pork belly market at this point but yet we've come down so far we've had such a collapse over the last four to six weeks in this market that the funds have liquidated their positions and we have a little bit of a buy, bargain hunting buying coming in here and a strength in cattle helps analyst arlen suderman at stonex and and stonex.com settlements now from thursday trade down a nickel and three quarters for march and may corn march settles at 675 and a quarter may 673 and three quarters strong and beans march 1534 and a quarter 14 cents up and may jumps 11 and a quarter 1527 and three quarters chicago wheat lower all day finally broke to the high side and ends a penny and a quarter up on the march 761 
The meat market's strong, too, all day. April live cattle, 163.82, up 160. April lean hogs, 86 even, up 170. I'm Andy Eubank with the Thursday Market Review. This is Who's Your Ag Today, Indiana's leading farm radio network.